can't do anything for Criterion Month because there's only one thing I want, and Santa's going to bring me it, or I will burn down my motherfucking house. <laughs> I don't play tough to get; I just play tough to get off. Welcome into Film Tank, the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema. On this episode of Film Tank, we discuss the 1981 horror classic, which is Sam Raimi's The Evil Dead. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts, Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hey there, everybody, and welcome in to episode 169 of Film Tank. I know, the whole 69 thing gets me every time. And apparently Nick, too. Nick Cheney here with us, as per usual. <laughs> I'm sorry, go to somebody else. Okay. Toussaint Egan, also here. Nice. Okay. Uh, and a resurrection has been... 69? Brought... Erection? See what you did there. Kenny's not even listening. <laughs> uh, our old friend Kenny has oh. dropped by... Hey. Yay! The... Hey, he's back. F- the Kenny, oh, founding no. fathers. I'm back. Yeah. yeah so back. a lot more hair, a lot more beard, a lot more dad bod. Yay! I'm back. You're rocking it. What's I up? You have okay. an for some reason. <laughs> You've been working out, right? Oh no! You <laughs> no, that's not what no. you say. You say that, and then people compliment you, and you feel better. Sure. You've been working out. No, I just look thinner because of the beard. It's fine. <laughs> I've been working out. You look great. Good for you. <laughs> you guys are yeah. so fucking stupid Yeah, that is true So, it is that time of year The uh, October horror kind of time When Kenny I roll, I roll out of bed ar- Arises <laughs> As his I Every now and then from time to time Since me and Kenny hang out outside of Film Tank Believe it or not <laughs> I'll just kind of throw him something his way and say, hey, we're doing an episode on this. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like fun. And then October shows up and I'm like, hey, we're doing an episode on uh, the Rob Zombie Halloween film. And he's like, oh, I'll be there. It's like, oh, (laughs) I guess he didn't really want to do that Suicide Suicide Squad episode. He's like, no, 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 nobody did. That's all right. And Rob Zombie's Halloween movies are great. They actually are. Yes, I would agree. But anyways. It is October. It is time to talk about some horror films on Film Tank, and believe it or not, Kenny is here. Indeed, I am. So welcome back. Thanks for inviting me. The door is always open. I'm excited. Especially during October. Sure. <laughs> sure. The door is not literally open, though. Like, please yes. do not come inside uh, this, hey. this lovely... That was not a sex reference. It wasn't. Okay, Bill Cosby. That's <laughs> fine. I am not a crook. What? Why do we? Why are we talking about Richard Nixon? Why are all these things just dogpiling to right. one another? That's all right. Kenny's back. That's why all this shit's just coming out right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start talking about semen again. It's oh gonna boy. be fine. The switchboard is just like sparking. <laughs> the switchboard. It's, it's, it's on why fucking. Why are we it's gonna talk about fire. Navy people? <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! I'm uh, sorry. Anyway, you mean you guys don't normally talk about this stuff? No, we don't. I mean, yes. 
Well, really, it's just me and Nick having conversations because Tucson doesn't really pay attention during her episodes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny because it's half true. Yeah, it's half true, but I do pay attention. He does pay attention when he's talking. But... Ooh, that's not true at all. See, but... you've got to learn to lace these truth with slightly charming <laughs> joke. Like how I do it sometimes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I appreciate that. Mr. You're Charm welcome. over here, Nick. Oh, thank you. Telling you how it goes. That's fine. I <sighs> just want us to all get along. Sure while I make fun of everybody. Because <laughs> that's so much to ask. Son of a bitch. So today, on our first episode of this lovely October season, which we're going to... Spooktober. Or Spooktober. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about a film and then decide how many Babadooks we want to give it. <gasps> I like it. it. Blast from the past there. Yeah, it was. Only true film tank listeners will know (laughs) that reference. Oh, boy. um, We're probably going to hit on at least one or two more horror films in this October month. Uh, We're definitely going to be doing the new Halloween, uh, which is coming out the end of October. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be doing a film next week that is not a horror film. What? But we'll probably do another one in there. Well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, there are very not great reviews about uh, Tom Hardy's Venom so far, which we're going to be talking about next week, but but that can wait for that episode. This episode, we're talking about the original Evil Dead, uh, which was really the film that put Sam Raimi on the map. Uh, for those of you who don't know Sam Raimi, he is the guy who directed the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, and uh, also really cut his teeth doing the Evil Dead films. Uh, so this film that was released in 1981 and stars Bruce Campbell and a bunch of other white people that you probably will never hear of uh, surrounds five friends who travel to a cabin in the woods <laughs> where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons. Also, uh, I found interesting that this film was rated NC-17. Huh. Yeah, but I mean, it was back before... I was going to say, this is a weird time for the rating yeah, system. Yeah, there was no PG-13, yeah. so like I feel like everything was out of out of whack and out of proportion, and I honestly watched it, and I can understand that. As far as back then, like this is a disgusting movie in a lot of ways. It's just it's just weird to see that, because True. other than like Showgirls, it's really hard to get an NC-17 rating. Well, I think we think it is, but if we genuinely look back, uh, Texas Chainsaw was NC-17, um, so I, it was very common for horror, but I feel like it, because it was common for horror, it wasn't that shocking, so to speak. Whereas we know about how like a um, you know Midnight Cowboy was famously rated X because it showed a penis. Like, that is something we know so many years later, and think it's very silly so many years later, but because of how ridiculous that decision was. Whereas, things like the Texas Chainsaw and um, this one even, I you know, I think what really comes down to, uh, not to randomly go off on a tangent, but... Please um, do. With Texas Chainsaw and something like this, uh, especially in this movie, shot in the 4 by 3 ratio, um, it, it looks utterly... I wouldn't say realistic, but docudrama-like, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it it doesn't try to stage it as this tableau-esque horror film that a lot of people were used to. It is very much of the grindhouse exploitation nature, Definitely. but bringing a much more sick sensibility than even most grindhouse films were going because they were more interested in being salacious rather than disgusting. So. Mm. Anyway. Okay. 
Well, that being said, since you are already just giving us all this information, and this is a film that you suggested, Nick, why don't you start us off and tell us about your feelings about The Evil Dead, especially since uh, you've become a horror aficionado over the last couple of years. I have, yes. I very much enjoy this movie. I think it's fantastic. I think this is one of the best shot low budget films ever made. I mean I'd agree with that. You it's kinda like looking back at it, you almost think it's purposefully low budget when it wasn't. It was literally just one of those things where he was not a proven director and mm-hmm. so of course he had to make quote unquote cabin in the woods type movies where you had a single setting a cast of non actors for the time. I mean also too it's uh since this is a series that has spawned Sequels and a yeah. TV show that went on recently, it's pretty easy, I think, to forget that this film came out almost 40 years ago. Yeah, and... absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because you even look at the origins here of the character of uh, Ash Wednesday, and technically, uh, he's not really a character. He's here. a he, dork. He's a non entity, very much. He is quite literally the final girl in this film for no reason other than it's kind of the most random character to choose, I think, because. I mean, not the the most random, but throughout the movie, there's no real clear protagonist, and he just becomes one by default, which only makes it slightly more comical and tragic uh, to be in his place. Hmm. I do actually love uh, the idea that Ash is the last man standing in this film. Yeah. I think it's actually a very Hitchcock way of making film, where the person who is perceived as the main character is bumped off earlier in the film, and I fucking love it. I mean, our quote-unquote main character, if we're going to call him that, because I think we can after we've seen the entire film, but is a person who started out in the backseat just looking at the map, you know? I mean, mean, the guy who looks like Han Solo uh, is clearly the person who is the main character throughout the first act of the film, and then he is... And if you ask, like, any Evil Dead fan, I would think... Obviously, some will, because horror fans are nuts, and I can understand why. But in general, most people would probably fail to actually remember his name, because Mm -hmm. he's nothing compared to what Ash becomes. Um, Overall, though, I think this film is wonderful. I think it's the effects on display are so fun. Like, I know that that sounds almost like a cop-out, because if I'm saying that, then I'm almost slightly admitting that they're not as scary as they probably were back then. Although there is some pretty good scares, I think. There's some... This is, in my opinion, some of the better uses of jump scares because the jump scares kind of come from a place of, uh, I would say, understandable. Like, the Deadites are kind of like fucking gremlins in a way mm-hmm. as far as they just like to fuck with, you know, their uh, people. Speaking of fuck, there is a tree branch. There that is that, and we will Cannot take no for an answer. No, no. <laughs> uh, question. Yeah. Uh, I know that this film wasn't the film where the name Deadites was... Introduced was no. it the second film or the third film? I feel like it was probably the third. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been a while since I've seen the second. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember everything I know of. Everything most people yeah. know about Ash, and I would say the world at large, I feel like comes from a third. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Even the name of the book, the Necron Comic Con. Yeah, they don't name drop yeah. that it's until just the book later of the dead on. Yep. In this one, yeah. um, which technically is another name for the Necron Comic Con, but they don't really go falls deep into sure. the mythos until the third, which is ironic because the third is technically just a romp in the past. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's weird how the most trivial uh, 
entry in the trilogy. It's also the one where they actually stick to a credible, you know, ongoing narrative. I would say that kind of makes sense, though. Actually, uh, no, I mean, I totally think it works. It. Yeah, I would um, say that Army of Darkness is probably the one that has the most mainstream penetration outside of absolutely. like horror. Army well, of yeah. Darkness is really not a horror film. Yeah. It is a really fun romp in which he gets to go back and shoot uh you know uh what what's his name ray ray fines no i was going to say the the guy who did the stop motion um Ray Harry Housen or whatever Harry House, Harry yeah. House whatever yeah. like those type and Ray Fiennes and Ray Fiennes, <laughs> um, but he gets to mess with those kind of creations uh, while he fucks them up and also turns into his you know one-liner delivery vehicle. Yeah, um, I mean it's a revisionist uh, Arthurian comedy horror. Yeah, and if you look at something like that compared to this, nowhere in this movie would we be able to insert a joke like Ash in the third movie trying not to say the N-word. Like, wow. It, like, what? Yeah, that's a moment that happens in the uh, Army of Darkness. Remember, he's at the... He can't remember what the password was, but he knows it starts with N, and it's a weird word. Uh, so he tries a lot of different words, and then finally uh, he just like looks around to see if anyone's around, and then he basically <laughs> tries to cough the N-word to see if that's the wow, password. I don't. I did not <laughs> remember not. that. Wow. <laughs> oh, it's actually one of the funniest parts of the movie. Damn. Okay, um, I'll have to watch that now. I know, but that's like that's how much this series... I mean, it's a good movie. I just... Yeah. I missed that the first time I watched it. No, seriously, it's one of the funniest jokes ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that joke just shows you how far the series goes. But as a starting point, this movie is never not just super fun. The effects are great. Even the dorky effects outside the cabin, like the thunder and lightning, like I never once watched one of those and think, okay, that just dated this movie. I actually just think I'd rather have more movies be like that, like do this kind of practical effect of thunder and lightning as a mood setter because I miss when weather had an actual presence. Uh, yeah, presence in a movie that wasn't just CGI and basically fake. Since you're talking about effects, I'll yep. just bring up my uh, thought on this film, which is... I say, uh, I'm pretty much done with my opening. Oh, so. no. I mean, I mean I, oh, so you want me just yep. to go into mine? Well, if you first, want. first thing, I, I can. Thank oh, you. First things first, uh, I will say that the practical effects in this movie are absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. um, Over and, the top as hell. Oh yeah, oh, which yeah. is totally fine. It's fantastic, but actually pretty well done too. Like, yeah. like some of the um, transformations here really did give me a not as well done, but did give me a little bit of an American Werewolf in London vibe. Mm, absolutely, yeah. uh, which has one of the best transformation horror scenes ever the in best. any film. And that was a studio movie. So, like, you yeah. kind of understand as far as, like, yeah. um, I, I agree with you, basically, as far as, like, this. Yeah. Yeah. But, but this film is doing similar things to what that film and that scene in particular were trying to do. Um, and it just lands really well. Uh, I'm not a huge horror fan. And I'm still not, even though uh, some people that are in this room right now think I'm becoming more of a horror film fan, but they're mistaken. Uh, at <laughs> any rate... Not me. I know what sure. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tucson. At any rate, um, I actually thought this was quite wonderful. Uh, I don't think I would give this uh, like extraordinarily high rating, but at the same time... Uh, first pass through, I thought this was a very fun little film that honestly, uh, I think this just shows just again that 
if you can make a good film in a condensed space, you're doing something right. Uh, this is a film that doesn't need to be two hours and 15 minutes. Nope. It's nice hour, 28 minute condensed film, uh, that shows you what it wants to say and does it well. And then is over. And I thought it pretty much hit all the right notes throughout. Um, the acting here is delightfully bad in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just lands in a horror film. I mean, you don't need perfect actors to land amazing line deliveries in these kind of roles. You need people to play the parts in I mean, these the specific films. Acting in these films, especially this first one, matches the effects, which is something that is never not entertaining to watch, mm-hmm. but also uh, certainly pushes the suspension of disbelief in your brain. I mean, which is which is totally fine. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I actually really one of the things I really enjoyed about this film. Um, Ash is a character I actually thought was, for the most part, brilliant in this film. And that's somebody who knows of the rest of the franchise, but has really seen almost absolutely none of it, other than maybe a trailer here or there. Um, I already mentioned it, but his character being sort of the side character through the first half of the film I thought was fucking awesome, because the idea of him being this almost mythical figure throughout the series and then he just is kind of in the background throughout most of this film. I mean even when the shit hits the fan for the first time he just stands there staring with his axe and unable to actually Mm -hmm. do anything. God damn it that pissed me off so much. He (laughs) only becomes this Ash-like figure when he's the last one. (laughs) But but actually in in this superhero day and age that we currently have this is actually a pretty good origin story is I think one of you one Mm -hmm. of uh, you know who was Nick or Toussaint or Kenny. That was Nick. Okay, it was, it was Nick. Nick. Somebody mentioned while you're watching the movie, but that actually is very much true. Um, yeah, and and there's just a lot here. The camera work in this film is oh. absolutely, oh my God. absolutely yeah. just yeah. fantastic. Sure. So many great shots throughout. And also, too, um, boy, you just see, because uh, the, the films that we watch in this day and age, you can see that people like J.J. Abrams have totally taken from... Sam Raimi and what this film was trying to do uh, just in the unique camera work that we have. Uh, there's specifically one camera shot that starts upside down on Ash's face and then ends up straight ahead mm-hmm. of him and then goes towards him as yeah. after it moves. But it just, it's just awesome. And um, those are the kind of things that can make a film like this that on the outset could just seem like a very run of the mill, low budget horror film. Just turn it from, eh, to holy shit, this is a really well made film, and you know what? People need like Hollywood fucking needs this. Like it really needs people who actually have an imagination, because just throwing CGI in there and saying people will like this, it kind of looks like it. Uh, that's not going to get it done. And stuff like this, or if you want to go into more of like current day and age, something like the Daniels are doing, or Boots Riley, or something like that. People who are just creating these things that really do bring the story off the page. I mean, are, are well, just awesome on the, on the topic of just the creative shots that they used in this, in this movie. Cause that's something I thought about a lot as well. And was going to bring up uh, specifically a, a couple that come to mind. I, I love the first time Ash goes down in the basement and there's like a 
like a one long take of like yeah. a 360 panel. There's a lot yeah. of silhouetting going sure. on. Yeah. That that's a fantastic shot and it's mm-hmm. something simple. All they yeah. had to do is just spin the camera around and show you yeah. the show you the room. You've seen the entire basement. You and it establishes the location sure. that they're going to come back to later. Absolutely. Um one particular shot when uh I believe it was the uh, tree root incident with Linda, um, as she comes. Or no, Son of not a Linda, bitch. but the other. Girl. Not Linda. I forget. Because Linda's Ash's yes, girlfriend. It was the other girl. I don't yes, remember the other two remember. names. It was after Ash attempted to take her to town uh, when they came back, yeah. and like the other three are just standing at the door, and the, the, light. the light coming yes. out from inside yeah. the house just incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I loved the part when the house started bleeding and yeah. um, just like the light coming, like the light, the light bulb, bulb with the yeah. blood coming out of it and the but sockets. The, the, the great thing about all those is that that's not a lot of money to no. make those things happen. No, and this, you already touched on it. Like, it's the ultimate low budget movie. I love the fact that they filmed a, 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 like a mini movie to raise the money for this. Yeah. Like they spent like 90 grand. I think I read shooting like a, just to try to raise the funds to even get the $350,000 budget that this movie had. All right. They, they shot like this super cheap mini movie just to, mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible. So All there's a proto film to this. There that, yeah. Okay. There's it's called, one that's like 30 minutes long and it was shot House on, in the woods. I want to Something say. like that. House. It was, Shot on 16 millimeter, which I would love to see. Yeah. Uh, starring Bruce Campbell, mm-hmm. um, who was also in Sam Raimi's first debut film, which was called It's Murder. I'm just loving this franchise more and more than I'm learning about it. Does Bruce Campbell show up in any capacity in the Spider-Man series? Yes. Yes. Okay. Multiple times. He yeah. He plays okay. a character. Um. Oh. I mean, like an actual, not just a Stanley, <laughs> mm. <laughs> whatever. But. But now I forget what he was. Oh, yes, yeah. he does show up. Um, okay. I think it was either in Spider-Man 1 or 2 when uh, Peter Parker is trying to race from like some crime incident. And he's trying to go to Mary Jane's performance. I think it's the second film. He plays the usher? He, he plays the usher. And yes. I like, please. I remember that. Yeah, he was a fucking Which asshole. Is a great yeah. use for him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I guess oh. it was like a Stanley, but much better. He oh, was okay. also, um, uh, just as a... Yeah, it was like he was also the voice of the tutorial guy from Spider-Man Two. That's right. Yeah, you're talking about in the video game. In the video game, oh, yes. yes. Look at look at Tucson <laughs> throwing video game. Really quickly, How since random. we're saying Spider-Man, yes, I just want to say the new trailer dropped for the Into the Spider-Verse. Oh yeah, that looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Like, Didn't watch it yet. Genuinely, so it like if I'm saying that, I feel like that means something. Yeah. Uh, holy shit. And it's not just because John Mulaney was in there as Spider-Pig, which is, like, literally one of the only things in 2018 that's giving me joy in my life right yeah. now. I watched um, his new uh, comedy special on Netflix. That special is fucking amazing. Oh, my God. And he's so talking good. about the horse, horse in the in hospital. hospital. And I was yep. like, I don't really like politics. If you've seen the horse in the hospital skit, you would be cracking up right now. It's so yeah. good. But anyway, just want to say the new Spider-Verse movie, even as a non-superhero convert so far... I was going to say, you're, you're so inching far, your way there. I haven't really got into the Marvel pool yet. I'm mostly only sticking to DC. Oh, no, I'm a fanboy. Oh, dear. Uh, but that – so far, though, that's kind of what, – what do you call it? That's keeping up with what I've been saying, which is that Spider the Spider-Verse movie is going to be an animated film. Yeah. It, it does look amazing, though. Yeah. Anyway. So the last thing I'll say before passing it on is this is something I wanted to mention – which is two nights ago, I saw a Sam Raimi horror film that I saw in the theater and I hated at the time. Drag Me to Hell? 
Thank you for stealing my thunder. <laughs> I didn't know. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Shit. I was just guessing. Wait, you rewatched that? Uh, I did not. I recorded oh, it okay. the other night because I'm yeah. planning to rewatch it. Uh, I absolutely hated it when I saw it in the theater, and this was when it came out, which I, was boo, twelve years ago. Well. Yeah, I did not like that movie. Uh, no, um, it's fun, and I am interested to revisit it after Same. watching Evil Dead because I would, I, I'd be more on its wavelength. I think. I think you'd at least get a kick out of it because when I saw it originally, I knew nothing about Sam Raimi's horror films, mm. and I did not really know what I was in store for. And after the first thirty minutes, I was like, "Oh, this is a standard horror film." I was in on it, and then. Uh, it takes a left turn. No, Sam Raimi yeah. is never not making a comedy. That's my opinion. Like, even if Spider-Man is slightly off of that wavelength, when he makes his horror movies, which in my opinion are good horror movies and can be scary, whatever, he's ne- he's still never not cognizant of the absurdism going on. And if you watch Evil Dead 2, that has been literally called, for good reason, like the Looney Tunes of horror films. (laughs) Like, it is as bloody and as gross as anything he's ever done, but in a very slapstick way. Well, I'm interested to sit down and watch it because the more I think about it, and I haven't watched it again in 12 years or whatever it is since it was in the theater, um... I get a very cabin in the woods feel. Oh yeah, from it, before so. that was even a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's a jump scare that resolves revolves around uh, her sneezing at one point, and it's yes. disgusting. But it like afterwards yes. you laugh because you feel like an idiot for even thinking that that was. But no, scary. what's great about that is it the one where she just, just all the blood runs out yeah. of her nose. Uh, what's his name? The guy from uh, the third Ocean's film is yeah the, the Kevin Pollock lookalike. Yes, yes, and he's like, oh my god, did I get any? I, just the way he says it is just awesome. Yeah, um, and that film has a. A dancing ghost goat towards the end of it, and oh man, it's off the yes. wall. And that was back when Justin Long was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Long, I love Accepted. That was a real name. Except it's a real fun movie. Ask me about my wiener. That is early Jonah Hill. <laughs> that is. is that is like actual fat Jonah Hill. Yeah, yeah. before he turned into auteur Jonah Hill. Mm. He's attempting it. And you He's know what? Certainly and, attempting and, and, it. And you know what? I want to just like give him a shot. Because he deserves it. You remember I, I when so. the controversy it came out? <laughs> when controversy? Uh, like he hasn't con- had a shot in Hollywood. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. When the controversy came out because TMZ followed him home like one time and he was drunk. And then he said the uh, F word and the F word being the slang for gay people. Oh, wow. Whatever. And like, no offense, but that was a bullshit controversy because I say this because he was being completely like, you know, disturbed in his mm-hmm. own element. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he was just trying to whatever. He's already drunk and disoriented, and, he's drunk, whatever. and now you're prodding And then him. because he said that one word, that's what TMZ ran with. Like, they had no story, but they were following him. And then they basically said, look at what Jonah Hill said. He said the whatever. Yeah. And he went on, I don't know if it was Kimmel or something, or Jimmy Fallon, whatever. And I'm not saying that you can't milk it for what it is, but he genuinely, like, I don't know, he kind of cried on that show and yeah. said, like, I have... And I know that's a bullshit excuse too, but like he goes, the fact that I said that does not make it okay. But I was just so caught up in the fact that I didn't think it was fair for me to be followed home, and I said stupid shit. And anyway, yeah. that was a controversy for like a good week and a half. Yeah, this and is, I just wanted to bring that up. This isn't like the um, 
what's his name? I can't remember his name from Lethal Weapon. He was in Mel Gibson. Yeah, this no, is, no, no. This, this is, is not like this is not. I'm gonna put the tape recorder on and see how you really feel. Yeah, I've 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 had this debate with people before, and just like oh what because he got drunk like. Like, yeah. we should ruin the guy's life. Like, I think that some of the things that he said, that's not something that you just say off the cuff. Like, yeah. that feels like it comes from a place of rehearsed mentality. And Mel Gibson's just, made his way back. You made... Uh, yeah, oh, he has. He, oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm sure... Yeah, he has. Yeah, I've yeah, seen so, him so, in films. It, I'm, no, no, I'm just saying no, that... Like directing... That I back. fucking remember oh, what yeah. he said. He's thinking he's back. A lot yeah. of people... <laughs> a lot of people uh, are with you in the sense that they're kind of baffled by his return. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, just wanted to bring up... Time heals old, all wounds. Doesn't it? That and Robert Downey Jr.'s endorsement. He's a dick, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harvey Weinstein's not coming back. Kevin Spacey will be back. You think so? Yes. I don't know. I don't feel mm-hmm. like we forgive child rapists. <laughs> yeah. You, like I say you that think, as a flip. You'd think. As, no, 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 no. As it's Roman t- Polanski t- puts another film out this thing. year. Here's the thing. I genuinely say that in the sense that I, it's not so much that we don't forgive them, but we use them as martyrs so that way we can draw some kind of hard line and allow just as bad people through because mm. at least they didn't do that. Like somebody has to be the shitting whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't the, know. I could see Spacey sitting this I'm out pretty sure Kenny's time. watching the Evil Dead 2 right here. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching, watching the first one. Yeah, that's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. So does... Who wants to go here? Do you want to go? or sure. you, you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll jump Kenny, in. Kenny's going to jump in. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this the, the first one... It's it's a, a it sits in a really strange place for me because I have grown to love this franchise so goddamn much, mm-hmm. like so much, and it just gets better and better as it goes, in my opinion. Um, and it's only reached its pinnacle with the the television show that was on Stars, Ash vs Evil Dead, and um, show deserved better. It did. It got but, three seasons. It did though. get three seasons. And I say that it's just as a television quote-unquote expert like it shouldn't have even gotten that just based on ratings and whatnot mm-hmm, sure. so yeah. i'm kind of surprised and i i own all three seasons i love that show yeah, yeah. um so it's really uh it's really almost weird to go back and revisit the first film for me not not that i dislike it because it's a, a fantastic movie for all the reasons you guys have already mentioned um it's really really good but it's it's it it almost feels incredibly tame and watered down compared to what you get out of the rest of the franchise and uh it's it's only solely on what we've already discussed that um this this one survives in the fact that it did so much with what it was at the time and because it stands so strongly on its uh practical effects and just sort of being from the time that it was, uh, it holds up for sure. Uh, but that said, um, Bruce Campbell in this, um, Alex, I think I mentioned it to you earlier today. I was like, Bruce Campbell was, was born to play Ash Williams going back and watching this. This isn't really the Ash Williams that you get from the rest of the evil dead franchise. He grew into Ash. He, he, He definitely grew 
big time into what Ash Williams is and what you know Ash Williams as. I'm interested to know, is Bruce Campbell someone who milks this character? Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. I mean, it's his claim to fame and the only oh. reason why he... But, like, but for it's good also, reason. Yeah. It's, like, uh, it's we, a role that he's recently retired, like, in the yeah. wake of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Which is fine, but he, the, the way Kenny's talking about it gives me the impression that... Like, he found his niche, and he's going so to ride that to the grave. So, last... Okay, real quick. Last year, mm-hmm. uh, I, I've mentioned on the show before, I, I love going to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. No. <laughs> uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead had a house at the event Holy last shit, year. that's awesome. And Bruce Campbell was in Orlando doing a book signing on the final event, uh, the final day of the event, and he definitely showed up to play his character in the house. Really? <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. So wow. he absolutely he is such a cool. He absolutely fucking milks this character. Yeah. He loves it. He lives it. He he is fucking Ash Williams, and yeah. I love that. Um, that shit's going on his gravestone. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. His real name's not going to be. On there. <laughs> no. Um, so it's it's really interesting going back and revisiting the first film for me because it's just so watered down from what it was or what it had become i'm so sorry to cut you off yeah. but nick did you call him ash wednesday earlier <laughs> he did he uh, did whoops yeah, <laughs> he did, did but i let i let it slip you I, know what that's okay. from uh the movie <laughs> this is great okay <laughs> that's from the movie <laughs> the andy samberg comedy pop star oh, god damn it oh. uh his girlfriend in that movie is i think i forgot who was played by but is her name is ashley wednesday and Seal sings a song, Ashley Wednesday. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Ashley Wednesday. Anyway, that's what I said. I meant Ash Williams. Seal. I, I knew it. <laughs> that movie's great. That's an opinion. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's great. Yeah. But okay. it, it almost it almost kind I of... I just uh, got that like 25 minutes later. I thought so. about it after I said it, and I'm just like, <laughs> like I'm just not going to acknowledge Is he going to let it slide? No, we're not. So okay. it, it this, but at the time, I didn't know what it was. speaks to Toussaint, uh, what you brought up uh, before, where it's like things in, in the scope of this franchise mm-hmm. um, aren't necessarily even mentioned in the first movie. Things like the Deadites or yeah. the Necronomicon or... Um, the book looks different. A, yeah, a bit, everything sure. changes sure. Everything in changes. the movie. Well, I was yeah. just going to say... Like this, from this movie was, to movie. Yeah. This was... Uh, I don't want to blow you up on the spot here but uh this was your first time watching this yeah it was and so sitting there watching it um i I caught the part when you were saying towards the end you're like oh this is where it happens and you thought that's when he was gonna get his hand cut yeah that didn't happen to the second movie everything about this movie that people know Mm -hmm. including kind of what i'm talking about like ash williams as ash williams sort of conflated with the second one none of it fucking happens in this first movie it's crazy this movie is almost like it doesn't exist in the franchise there wasn't supposed to be in Ash Williams. There sure. was only ever supposed to be the Evil Dead. Right. Sure. So yeah. it, it's it's just crazy to go back and watch this movie after having become such a fan of the franchise mm-hmm. as a whole. Also, to answer Alex's question really quick, I just want to point out just how much he milks uh, who he is. Not necessarily this character, but wink, wink, this character. He's even starred in shitty direct-to-whatever horror films Bubba called... Well, no. That's a Elvis movie directed by uh, John Carpenter. I thought he was in Bubba Hotel. He is. I'm just saying that that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say 
more in line what I was saying is that he's been in an even shitty movie called My Name is Bruce, <laughs> where he plays a very Ash-like character fighting demons. So I'm just saying, like, that's how much he panders to this crowd. And not in a, in my opinion, like, pathetic way, like um, Robert Englund as Freddy. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry, but like he's not starting in rap music videos just to stay, you know, whatever. Why I did you genuinely me think of that? he has fun? Speaking of that, Robert England uh, came out. Uh, was it like a week up ago? Uh, that would be not that surprising. Uh, no surprise, Ro- bitches. <laughs> he came out and said he's going to play the character again, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, in like an animated. I don't know. I. You know what? When I see those kind of things, though, from somebody like him, yeah. I just—it's just like, it's like the Rolling Stones saying they're having another reunion tour. It's like, yeah. okay, guys, cool, you did that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. The uh, the last person to actually play Freddy was Jamie Earl, something. Jackie Earl, Haley. Jackie Earl Hurley, yeah, who played uh, Haley, Haley, Joel Osment, who played Rorschach in the Watchmen film, and I remember, that would be correct, I remember that movie was a flop. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I remember when he was first announced to be casted for that, and I was like, well, he's got the look for it. I don't hear about that film much. Uh, horror film retreads have been a huge failure. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake with Jessica Biel, and the Friday the 13th remake all were huge failures at the box office. Can I really quickly, can I institute a new segment here on Film Tank, which is called... The film tank poll of what Nick should buy. <laughs> Every time I go to Target, I see a Blu-ray triple pack of Watchmen, uh, V for Vendetta, and Constantine. Should I buy it? If I get more than one yes, I will buy it. Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm more of a fan of like. I don't in- care what your answer or what your reasoning is. How much does it cost? I was going to say it's okay. on sale. I think it's. A- Fifteen. That's not on sale. So, oh. like, that's the full price. I would just that's pay the money and get the really nice version of Eve Vendetta. Really? So you're saying that that's the only worthy? That's the only what one are you I've talking actually about. Seen. Constantine is dope. I was gonna say. I feel like I'd like it's one Constantine. person's opinion. What the fuck are you talking so about? Anyway, the depiction of the one, devil. I have and that one is awesome. yes. Yeah. I just need to know. Yes or no? You can say no. Sure. Yeah, I would. Okay. I, I would. I would. I own. I own two of them, so I would. Well, say then yes. it's an automatic yes. It's not really. So I, thank I you. Get to make You're a welcome. Choice. I hope we have like a theme song we can play here. When's the last time you saw your Vendetta? It's been a while. Not since we've. Well, we never talked about it. No. We talked about it on I mean, the superhero talk episode. About yeah. it, but we've never actually like done, done it. it. Yeah. I can you know, still do that speech. Vendetta, uh, I bought two Blu-rays the very first day I bought a Blu-ray player, hmm. and I bought Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and V for Vendetta. Okay. So it's technically... One of the first Blu-rays you own? Yeah, so I have a little nostalgia for it. I just watched it with Emily. That is one of my favorite films of all time. Oh. So. Okay. By the way, have you seen Bruce Campbell's profile picture on IMDb? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it is fantastic. Wow. Viewer, you cannot That's see it, great. but I think he's he looks wearing... Like, That's beautiful. He, he looks like he could be a that Supreme Court justice. Absolute. <laughs> you know what? I would... Shot. To be I, fair, I anybody totally... can. <laughs> I... I t- <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, any male he, can. He, he yeah. also likes beer. So, <laughs> well, If you want to know what we're talking about, go look up uh, Bruce Campbell on IMDb. That's right. <laughs> Great headshot. Yes. So those are my thoughts on okay. uh, the Evil Hell Dead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my thoughts. I'm actually a, a 
I'm a modest fan of this franchise. I've only seen uh, Army of Darkness and the first two seasons of Ash vs. the Evil Dead, and I really enjoyed watching this for the first time. Like Kenny was talking about how most of the iconic moments that are sort of like cast into the canon of uh, Ash's history do not actually take place in this film. And so in a number of ways it caught me by surprise just because – um, you know, I feel like I've, I've seen enough horror films that I'm able to sort of like guess what the rhythm of a jump scare is going to be. This film like threw me off like multiple times. Like there was not one time that I was actually like correct in that. So I stopped. By the try- time you were correct, yeah. you had already been wrong. Like, exactly. Three times exactly. Before. So yeah. I just like stopped and, and it, it, it was refreshing, honestly, to like be caught by surprise by something that was so low budget that was so just like put together on, on on a whim because of the shit that they accidentally did yeah like, like what you're hearing is them speaking out loud the the summoning word so therefore they basically died or something like that mm. i don't exactly remember that yeah, backstory but lucy lawless is the connection there okay cool you've only seen season one I've only seen season one. Uh, I've seen a few episodes of season two. I'm still watching it right now. Yeah. I kind of dropped off because I forgot to – well, not forgot to, but I just didn't have stars when it was airing, so yeah. I just started buying the seasons. Yeah. I've only seen through season two, and I was feeling bad because I, I thought you had seen all of them. And no. I if you want to borrow seen, season three, let me know. I have season Dude. three. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I, I have it. I just haven't watched it yet. If yeah. you want to borrow season three. I, I've seen the first. I, think, I would love that. I, think I also seen have the first... to watch those other things that you let me. And That's I want... true. Yeah. I've seen the first three episodes of season three. And yeah. um, season two is so much better than it. The whole franchise really just yeah. progressively gets better. It's and very better. good at building on its history. Yes. And I, I, just, I love that no matter how good this movie is, it like they really got their footing and figured out an identity for this franchise. It just has this exponential curve where mm-hmm. it just like builds and, yeah. and they really found that. their sweet spot and just improved on it. So. Yeah. Great. As I'm watching this again, yeah. while we're talking, <laughs> I also love every time the cabin is shot and the moon behind it is just abnormally large. Yeah. With the smoke machine that just yeah. sort of like, like, puffs in front of it yeah yeah where it literally becomes like inky black Mm -hmm. the moon is just impossibly big yeah it's fantastic yeah Yeah. what scene are you on kenny um i'm on the part where they are locking her in the cellar oh snap that's a good one in the basement (laughs) yeah Han Solo is currently on top of the door, chaining hey. it shut. Yeah, I want to yeah. talk about how much I hate that fucking guy for a sec. Han Solo? Yeah, Come I don't on. like him. That was a good movie. I thought Come he on. Would... Come on. I, it's not because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great movie. And I'm just like, I don't like him because he was just like a jackass from the jump. And I'm just like, did you like Jay Leno? Exactly what Han Solo is. But <laughs> Jay Leno right. with his corduroy pants and his. No. I don't like Jay Leno. Oh, okay. He's talking about Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, him. Like Motherfucker, I hate him. Yeah, I, I really don't. Wait. Yeah. Jay Leno or Bruce Campbell? I don't like Ash in this. I think he grows on me. I'm looking for, oh, I, okay. I like how he grows I'm actually in later with you. installments. I'm with you, big time. Yeah. When, he, when he's, just, stand, he's just standing there. No, I hate him when he's just standing there. His buddy is getting his uh, ass fucking whooped by a deadite. Okay. He's, he's clutching. Tucson is Emily right now. He's clutching his fucking... 
I, like, uh, like Ash is a fireman axe. I hate like, to be like a this fucking person. pacifier. I, Ash is a fucking pussy. I, I hate to do on. this, but the phone. let's I, put a fucking deadite in front of you and let's see. <laughs> you can't even show up for a movie if that you, you said you were look, coming to. If you were getting attacked by a deadite, you bet your ass I would lay into that fucking deadite. Well, that's I very nice it. of you. Uh, uh, hold on. Let's, let's, let's I probably up. wouldn't do if, the same because I'm like five feet tall and I'll well, just get my ass handed to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, too, uh, this is the first time that Bruce Campbell's Ash right. character has come in contact with a Deadite. So why do you hate him? What do you mean the say- first time you come in contact with a Deadite? You just fuck? you just locked the fucking bitch in the cellar. It's been like that an happened, hour. I was going to say, that happened 14 minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. That's like Whoa. telling a person at like their partner's funeral, dude, he died two days ago. Get over it. I'm actually going to back up Tucson on this because <laughs> as much as I like the movie... Bruce Campbell. Fuck you, Kenny. Well, Ken- Kenny also thought J.K. Simmons' character in Whiplash was an inspirational Shut figure. The fuck up. So. Kenny, I'm glad you're back. He Thank wasn't you. the inspiration yeah. in that movie. <laughs> he was a jackass. We've had a real evolution. You need to like listen back to that episode now. That was you really do. I actually remember cut. that. Yeah. Film take episode three. Yeah. No, no, no. I remember the movie being an inspiration, but it wasn't his character. Yeah. That is not what you said on the that episode. Horseshit. Anyway, <laughs> continue, Kenny. Continue. Okay. Uh, no. So, so Ash Williams is actually the part. Uh, of, Ashley Wednesday. Ashley Wednesday is the part of this movie that is a bit of a hang-up for me. Like, it's the only part of this movie that I go back to, and I just... I, I'm not as into this movie as I am the rest of the franchise, because I you get to learn what Ashley Wednesday is as a character, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's just such a bitch in this movie. Like, yeah. he really is. Uh, look, all the other characters are experiencing Deadites for the first time, and they handle it fine. Like, they, <laughs> they're they, all dead. They all die. I meant Han Solo. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's what I oh, meant by Also, Han, yeah. He just yeah, chills on a couch. Before he dies, he does go nuts on the one... <laughs> woman and beats the shit out of her with oh, the Oh, so you condone beating women. <laughs> Kenny, so we were talking about this before you, you came in for our viewing. Um, when they they go into the, the, the cellar for the first time, I was talking about, I was like, it's really weird to see Ash like this because in Ash vs. the Evil Dead, he's kind of like recollecting like what his heyday was. And I feel like... This was not his heyday. No, this wasn't his heyday. But the, no. the thing about this is, is that it makes it even all the more tragic because... I think of because of what happened to him, he sort of regressed into this like the, this this arrested development where he's still stuck in what he thinks is this glossed over like halcyon period of his life where he was just having sex with a ton of women and just like playing football and doing things because things were so much simpler back then that it just looks well, incredible. Not like, to mention like him, him being incredible with that fucking stupid mullet. It looks incredible compared to where he is now in his life. Not to mention also that in this movie, for example, uh, you know, he's giving his girlfriend a gift. And yeah. Jewelry. And um, he's a to- I, totally different person. Right. And also what I think is that after you come in contact with these kind of creatures, like you just said, you regress because it's not even just the fact that, okay, life is meaningless, so therefore I shouldn't give a fuck. But it's like I'll go f- further back because I was wasting my effort mm-hmm. and my time on trying to be a quote-unquote nice person. Right. Uh, so therefore I will just be the – if deadites are allowed to be the quote-unquote 
base level of evil. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I can just be... The base level of myself. Of, yeah, of humanity, so yeah. to speak. Which is like, not to say that Ash was ever an evil person, because he's no. not. Uh, but an idiot, uh, sexist, racist, and, you know, the, the most debasing uh, qualities of a, a short-sighted person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we do see that on display here in Drips, because, I mean, him... Uh, holding the axe while his friends are being murdered, like, that's kind of an Ash thing to do. Well, he, in, in a different mm, way. Like, mm. obviously, the more he grows into the character of, you know, what we know as Ash, he only does that because it looks cool, and he thinks it gives him some realm of authority. He doesn't do that to be a hero. Yeah. So right. I feel like him, like, literally unable to confront what's happening in front of him is actually a pretty telling detail where that's, like... It, it will be inverted in future installments. Yeah, I suppose he really mm-hmm. is just a buffoon in this version yeah. of Ash Williams. He's just a buffoon, buffoon who's really never okay. done this before. Sure. Uh, and, and lately he'll and or not lately later, later on, he, he'll be a buffoon he just who becomes does a sass, who's an old hand at this. A, a, and a therefore sassier, he'll never change. He just gets better yeah, at this. A, yeah. <laughs> a sassier, funnier version of this. I, yeah. Okay. You, yeah. you sold me on that. Yeah. I, okay. I get. It's fine. <laughs> so. All that being we said, I just didn't like agreement. him because he's wearing a denim we, shirt with corduroy pants. Really, we yeah. are in agreement, and that is rather silly. Uh, <laughs> we haven't spent much time talking about the tree rape, so yeah, I let's think talk about it. We uh, should go back to that because, but you know what? I, you're barking up the wrong tree because I think it's. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. oh boy, what did I Buckle do? Buckle up! Here we go. Uh-huh. Here we go. So, actually, what's interesting <sighs> about that scene is uh, that which I. I've only seen this film once. Uh, I would definitely feel like is not like I would say the most controversial part of this film. Oh, it but, is. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's like the lid lifter for this film. So yeah, it's true. It's the first major happenstance yes. of it. Um, and it which is, is interesting. Quite nothing... a tone setter. Yeah. Because it that doesn't kind of really continue. Yeah. But it is interesting that that's how uh, the the. It's a evil very... dead force um, forces its way into the story. It's very out of place. It is. Whether you've seen it's the very... entire franchise or I think even none of it. Like no, it's, it it's, just... When it, you've seen the whole movie, it makes kind of little sense as to but why... Here, here's the thing. You were telling me that there was a tree rape. That's true. And I was like, okay, I will... <laughs> but you still didn't contextualize it the way it happened. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And when, That's what's great When about she's it. getting grabbed by the branches and it's twirling its way around her leg... like, oh, was, that's the tree rape. Yes. Yeah, and no. then the big branch forces its way right into her... I Vagina, purposefully boy. said it because I genuinely thought you'd go the train of thought that I I would have too. Like like oh okay you know it poltergeists her it, mm-hmm. it pulls her this way and mm-hmm. that way but no nope it is no. very Went right for it yep. yeah um, and that is boy that is a dis- I mean that's where probably the NC seventeen rating really I'm sure that was part of that moment in, but damn that moment struck me as a particularly. Um, adolescent indulgence of its time, and that doesn't make it okay. But it's very much it it it, it feels like the mark of a of a much more immature Sam Raimi. I I haven't seen anything quite like that in any of his later films that I've seen. Yeah, you don't see um, it in Spider Man. No, uh, you don't see it in Mary Jane's Army forcing of off Darkness the oak in the forest. Or, um, <laughs> Ash versus the Evil Dead. So I think that 
Yeah, I can take a mulligan. You can take a mulligan on that. It's fine. It's, somebody, it's, somebody explain to me because I'm a little confused in how it even fits into the context. It of really the doesn't. Movie. That's why no, I'm saying it's just an, like, it's a weird. Are, I was going to say a human there's that, no real reason for the trees to be possessed sure. by the deadites who possess humans. Like it, it's and very. I don't believe it. The franchise never revisits no. anything like this. Nope. So I, I, I think genuinely, yeah. what the reason why it was included, as far as like why they would even think to do it in the first place, yeah. is because put aside the moral implication of uh, you know performing a supernatural, scene like that, but I was going to say yeah. is that the effects is very fun and interesting, as far as to have those trees be actually molded to do. Things that we are not familiar with, uh, trees to do. Um, <laughs> I, I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it is interesting that the all we see of the evil dead, uh, or deadites as they are eventually known as, really it all starts in the forest and in the trees and it's just working its way through so it does kind of make sense that that yeah. just literally forces it, its it way into sense. the humans it makes sense for a movie that stands by itself and has no sequels no mm-hmm. tv show and i say it makes sense it's still out of place but it's doable you know whatever mm-hmm. uh but the more you add another installment to these things the more it just locks down what it's about which is not much but Deadites and the Evil Dead in general. Uh, the more that scene, I most uh, not most, but I feel like a lot of people forget that that scene exists. If you haven't seen it in a while, it's very easy to forget that there is an out. Even though it sounds horrifying, because it is, uh, it's just so bizarre and so out of place that it's uh, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. If you're not mm. thinking about like every moment of this franchise, mm, okay. So, yeah. I also thought it was interesting that this the the movie sort of I was reading it broke in England before it gained any sort of traction here really and um just some of the censorship stuff um I guess they they cut out a lot of the shit like the ankle stabbing with the pencil mm-hmm. and the gouging of the eyes and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, I don't really know. You guys were talking earlier about this, the rating that it got. Um, what was it? NC-17, yeah. What exactly does that mean? Cause it means know. basically if if it's harder than R, because R means that you're... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I, just thought about like the, a... I just thought about the hard R. Oh, like in the yeah, yeah, word? Yeah, Getting yeah, back yeah. to real life. Um, and R means that in the theater, because that's the thing, ratings only apply to the theater, right? Like a movie on disc, the rating doesn't mean anything other than just general content, whatever. So ratings were created for the theater. So therefore, what R means is that anyone under 17 can watch the movie if somebody older than 17 brings you. NC-17 means nobody under 17 is allowed in the theater. So, I mean, also, NC-17 films... It literally stands for no children under 17. Basically, uh, it is like the scarlet letter for a film. Because if a film gets an NC-17 rating, it's basically not able to be shown in the theater because films don't want to show it. Because they have to have somebody at the door checking IDs. Theaters. It's like the AO rating for uh, the SRB. Pretty much. Um, And I would say in this day and age, 
in this day and age, NC-17 is more of a killer than it was back then. Because back then, movie theaters were the only way to watch a movie. Whereas here, when you have so many options as far as like streaming, uh, on-demand, disc, whatever, you can basically, if you're going to want to be an NC-17, you can just be an unrated movie. Like, don't put it to the MPAA if you're not going to go to a theater. But if but, you're going to go to a theater and you're going to get an NC-17, it's going to be a pointless endeavor because no theater is actually going to carry it. Which there have been, over time, there have been hundreds of films that have initially sent their film into the oh, MPAA, had NC-17 given back to them, and they have either contested or they've changed their film because... Yep. Uh, basically, it's a death sentence going to the theater with an right. NC-17 rating. And all you try to do is whittle it down, and now that we live in a golden age of you know disc stuff, we get to basically have our cake and eat it, too, because it gets to go to theater because they chopped it down, and then it comes to disc, and we get to see the quote-unquote... Unrated version. Unrated, or yeah. some cases, so NC-17 version. are ratings, um, are they across the board? Like, are, Is that like an international It's a U.S. Thing? It's a U.S. US thing, thing, yeah. So do you think... Uh, the fact that it maybe gained some traction uh, abroad before coming here, do you think that sort of shit where it was like censored heavily in England before coming here, does the that f- The it? funny thing about that is that Europe is usually much sure. more down with that kind sure. of stuff. Well, they're much well, more down with that with sex. With sex, yes. yes. Other things too, though. I'm not saying they're not down with that, but it's, I'm just saying if you take it in into a whole... Uh, Sex is a go mm-hmm. over, you know, overseas and whatnot. I would say more extreme violence is happening. still though. Yeah, but but uh, but foreign filmmakers don't make films with violence like American filmmakers do. I don't know. We're in the uh, well. I'm just saying, in the 70s, uh, Giallo's became a big thing, and that was yeah. way more bloody than any horror film. In fact, Carpenter was mostly inspired by Italian giallos, so I'm not here to say that they're leading the forefront. I mean, right now, we even see a new trend that also highlights the old trend, which is right now uh, France is at the forefront of gore right now, because what we have now is called a French horror... No, I I can't remember what they're calling it. They're calling it the French, like, raw wave or something like that, Hmm. or in the last three years or so, maybe five years, uh, France has released some of the most disgusting movies uh, ever released. Name uh, some. Uh, well, I, <laughs> um, the most recent one was Raw. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. You know, which was all about cannibalism, and whatnot, oh. which is actually fantastic. Uh, <laughs> that was one of your favorite films from last year, It was, right? yes. Yep. Um, and that's like the most recent one I can think of. Even movies that go back a little bit further than that, but maybe was a precursor to, is like Martyrs, mm. um, which is one of the most disgusting movies I've seen. I mean, there's a literal character. Tucson just got hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's... Uh, there's a character in that movie, and I genuinely recommend it. Like, even if you don't like violent, like, there's much more to it than just its gore. Mm-hmm. But it is also a movie where for the last 20 or 30 minutes, one of the main characters only exists for the last half hour as a uh, flayed person. Flayed man. Uh, their their skin is completely cut off. Wow. And they only exist in the last whatever as a bloody like you you know that uh, what do you, what do you call it the that famous not famous but that you know popular body works 
Yeah. At the sure. uh, at the it came to. What? I love that exhibit. Is that Museum yeah. of the exhibit. Yeah. Yes, but it also yeah. toured. Yeah. Like yeah. whatever. Yep. It it was like a character was brought to life no. from there with actual blood. Running. I think it's actually the Field Museum, but well, that's the Field okay. Museum. But that's okay. okay. They but had body that work in, in Hellraiser too. Yeah, yeah, but it's slightly more. I mean, this is far as like right, this, right. this, this came is out more modern. Right, right. You're saying other horror franchise is getting Kenny hard. No, too. I said no. I just got hard. <laughs> you should watch Martin. It is foreign language, as long as you don't mind that. It is very good. It's got one of the best final scenes ever. Oh, just like watch. ever in any film. In or? my opinion, yes. Mm. It is very loaded. That's a strong. That's a strong claim coming from Nick Cheney. Is it? You've seen a lot of shit. I mean, um, it's it's different. I'm assuming is it better than the final scene in Revenge from this year? Uh, the final scene. Yeah, I mean the final scene of Revenge is technically her walking around the pool. You ought to watch Revenge, Kenny. Just to be like you will love pedantic that shit. about it. Yeah. Like the final act of Revenge is very good in general. Yeah, uh, but I'm talking the two minutes okay. before it cuts to credits. I was, I guess, I was more Literally, going for the climactic no, final. No. Twenty. I'm minutes, talking the so, last two okay. minutes before okay. it cuts to credits. Elevates that movie. Like it was good, and then all of a sudden something. Basically, two people have a line of dialogue that just completely recontextualizes the whole thing. It went so. the opposite way of Hold the Dark. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, if you haven't seen Hold the Dark on Netflix, don't. It's not great. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Toussaint is correct, though. You should watch Revenge, Kenny. That is a very good film. On my list, along with Triangle? Was yeah, it? Triangle. Yep. If, you, uh, if you have time. Just saying, if you do, when we do our Halloween episode, if you have time, we should watch Triangle. Or I would love to watch it again. That's fine. Just saying. Yeah, or Revenge. I haven't watched or it revenge. since we watched I mean, it together, Nick. I mean, if you want to watch that again, I'd watch it. No, we, we could watch either. So. I, I I think Revenge is only because it's much more fresh in my mind. But, That's true. But, but Triangle is it. good, too. Either one. So, yep. anyway. Okay. Anything else before we go to Reigns? Anybody no. wants to pass around? Nope. I've no. said my piece. Okay. Well, since you said that, Tucson, why don't you start us off? Okay. I'm going to give this a... I'll give this a four out of five. Because I really did enjoy this. I think that um, it lays a very firm groundwork for um, what will eventually become a a sterling horror comedy series in a way that is so unconventional that I have to respect it. Um and I think that it's just definitely a film that I will see myself returning to and eventually like moving on to like the next installment and maybe just like rewatching the entire franchise just because hot damn, it just it just keeps on getting better and better and this was fucking awesome. So yeah. Oh, before I forget, has anybody seen the remake from twenty thirteen? The Alvarez no, movie? No. But no. I've been meaning to. And we're finally going to get for the very first time, uh, they're releasing the uncut version of it which is not to say that it adds like violent i mean it does add that but like for the longest time like from the moment that movie was released in theaters mm-hmm. fede alvarez has basically been adamant that the movie you saw in the theaters was not his original version and it's always been available in region uh others than uh region one market but this fall uh there will be a north american release of the uh so I'm I finally going to check it out. Very much like to see that because yeah. I, I saw the original, the, the version that's available freely, yeah. and I thought it was very good. Yep. I've talked to many people that did not agree with me on that, but I, mean, I take it on its own merits. It it's... was legitimately fucking scary. Like yeah. it scared the shit out of. Uh, I was watching it with my wife, and um, 
and my dog who <laughs> immediately ran Aww. away. Um, Jackson. My, my, my wife, Jenny's normally... My wife. My wife. My wife. She will watch horror movies um, and she will stomach them. She's not a fan yeah. uh, and she will kind of hide away during certain yeah. parts, but she did not finish watching this movie. It was actually a really fucking good, scary movie. So, yeah. uh, Did you see, really quickly, yeah. his second film, uh, Don't Breathe? Yes. Did you like that? They movie? shot yes. money. I did. I did very I'm, much. I, I was a fan of that. What was her name? Uh, uh, Jane Levy. Jane Levy. Because yeah. she was in yeah. Evil Dead. Yeah. She's great. Anyway. Uh, so, yes. The remake was really good. I also love how they... Um, every. Everybody's this sort of the whole everything stays all in the family with with this whole franchise. I love that yeah. Raimi was a, a a producer and even a writer mm-hmm. on the remake. Yeah, and he produced uh, or he directed the first the very first episode of Ash vs Evil Dead. So. Well, and it's Ted Raimi that basically controlled that show. Oh, you know, so okay. yeah. I just I I love that it's all everybody. It's like it's never it's never gone bad for anybody. It's never really gone south. I, it's fantastic. Yeah, still going. Anyway. I wanted to throw that out there before yeah. I forgot about it. So, your because uh, you gave your rating, right? Yep. So, Kenny, what are you? Uh, your final thoughts? Uh, oh boy. Um, I actually I can't be as warm on this movie as I would like to be, mm-hmm. only because like I don't I don't want to be that asshole to go giving perfect scores to the rest of all of the franchise i really 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 like the rest of it Mm. um so i I can't i can't go giving this a perfect score because i have some issues you know there's something better sure the rising sure yeah i mean i guess in a in a vacuum if i sort of take it for itself like probably lean a little bit more towards like a four out of five but because i have to take away for some of the issues i have which aren't even really issues to just knock a few points off here and there Mm. Probably give this about a three out of five, hmm. to be honest. That's fair, and it's only because the joy of watching it has been removed just a, a little bit. Hmm. Going back, especially because you got more. Yes, yeah. yes. It just speaks to how strong the rest of it is. So. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I was a, I was a fan of this. I think this is very fun horror, which I am now very much on board for, which hasn't always been the case in my life. But uh, at this point, my life, <laughs> my life, my, my life. life, my wife. Oh God, Borat! We should do an episode on that someday. That'd be fun. Should we? You know what yes. Michael Myers like to say? What? My knife. <laughs> Are you talking about uh, my wife as an axe murderer or something? <laughs> no, it was just. First of all, that's called "So You Married an Axe Murderer." Yeah. Second of all, I was just making a play on the rhyming scheme yeah. of my wife, my life, and my knife. Okay, I know. I Do yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> Tucson's having a really rough night. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm having a pretty good night. Are you? <laughs> yeah. This is why good. I'm back. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Yeah. He's thinking he's back. <laughs> just No, just tonight. Just, just tonight. Just, just, tonight. Just, just tonight. I'm not dealing with this. People keep asking me yeah. if I'm back. I'm not back. I don't know why people keep asking me that. <laughs> Sounded Jewish there. That was weird. Uh, my Sammy Bagel Jr. <laughs> Please don't do that. Again. People keep asking me if I'm back. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I, 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 I do one movie. <laughs> oh, I love it every time he brings that character back. It's great. <laughs> that was one of Edward Orton's best roles in the last decade. It really was. 
Which is not great. Not good. <laughs> She's bad. <laughs> uh, so, I actually give this three and a half out of five, as I think this is a uh, quite delightful film, especially for its time. Uh, all of the effects through here and a lot of the camera angles used in the action sequences are fabulous. Uh, and also, too, the story here is actually pretty inconsequential to the finale, as this is just a fun, zombie-esque type film. Um, and I just quite enjoyed it for what it was. And also, too, as I've said time and time again, a film that uh, can keep a runtime very low and still deliver its product um, that earns extra points usually for me. So three and a half out of five for the original Evil Dead. Yeah, I got to admit, I give it a four and a half out of five. It's one of my favorite horror films of all time. And I concede to the fact that Ash uh, becomes a better character in the other installments. And But where it all began is just one of the best self-contained horror films uh of of all time and and the way it came when it did and i i wouldn't say influence because there have been other films before and after that probably had a bigger effect on the horror market at large but the way it came about when it did coming after a run of grindhouse esque pictures just making a killing proportionally speaking, at the box office in their theaters. Um, Sam Raimi just completely upped the ante, and after like a decade of making those kind of movies, not him, but after churning out those kind of movies out of this indie system, he showed how much you could actually do with that format and kind of school them all, and I just absolutely love it. And um, I, I, You mentioned the plot as uh, inconsequential, which is completely true, um, and that's actually why I think it works. Like, it just keeps moving forward, and yet it never is meaningless, if so to speak. So I, I give it four and a half out of five. I think this is genuinely one of the spookiest films I've ever seen. Like, I I, I don't want to call it scariest to somehow basically uh, tout it as something that, like, has me, like, you know, my heart racing, which maybe the first time I watched it, I had no idea when the jump scares were and whatnot. I, you know, that that's understandable. But in general... The effects and the scares here are still uh, tangible. I mean, they still work. You, you know, even when you know when the cellar door is going to fly open or when the deadite is going to kind of change their makeup under the after going back into the cellar and coming right back up, it's still a chilling effect, and it, it always works and lands for me. I am about to bump Alex's score up about half a point here. Just wait for it. Oh, this scene where uh, he hits her with the axe and she just <laughs> yeah, <that's so> <laughs> just deflates like oh a my <laughs> god, that scene fucking rocks. Yeah, and that's Evil Dead Two in a nutshell. Like it is. Uh, See, I want to watch it right now, so that's great. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> so um, yeah, up a half point, half point. Yeah. I give it four and a half out of five. I basically think that I'm with both you and uh, Kenny in the sense that like the franchise does get better than this, mm. but like as. The only movie or the only installment and the only entry that's not beholden to any other property, mm. this just fucking rocks. So uh, I, I'm a big fan. Yeah, four and a half out of five. Yeah, and no, I I'm I'm for someone who hasn't seen any of the other entries. I'm totally in agreement from where you're coming from, Nicholas. Is that uh, that this is just doing a really nice job to lay the groundwork for this just being a, a regular film. I am actually interested to find out. 
when uh, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell decided to make the second one, and if it like just happened to come about, or if Sam Raimi didn't even consider it until Bruce Campbell said, "Hey, uh, my career is going nowhere." Do you want to make another Evil Dead film? Like, I'm yeah, interested sure. to find out how the second film completely started because um, it is interesting in this day and age that we live in in 2018, where basically most sequels are greenlit before the film even I'm debuts. Go out on a limb while Nick is looking and say it happened pretty quick because it, there's six years in between the first sure, and the second. But you also remember though that this one was put together i think technically released in 81 mm-hmm. but didn't really go that large in america for a couple of years okay um i, I think uh imdb even re- has it listed as 83 maybe mm-hmm. I, imdb know. had it as 81 when i looked at it earlier it? Okay. yeah all right I, i'm I, I guess i'm intrigued because i want to know how much time passed before they so, decided to go to a sequel, or if it was always a plan. Break that down for you, really quick. Okay. This came out in '81. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Raimi made at least two more films mm-hmm. after this, you know, just randomly that were both flops for the most part. And in 1987, they set out to make Evil Dead 2. And Wikipedia is actually being smart for a change. And I want to no. say that uh, the dis- not description, but the descriptor of Evil Dead 2 is pitch perfect, which is that they set out to make what they called a parody sequel. And that's exactly what Evil Dead 2 mm-hmm. is. It is both a continuation, but also a revision in support of, of being the insanity. It is interesting that you mentioned that Sam Raimi's next two films were flops because I feel like he had to go back to this yeah. to get his that, name that back. Really, but, and, that actually does really prove your point. But he yeah. didn't do it in a way of like, you know, Friday the 13th part, whatever, sure. where it's like, oh, let's just resurrect it. Like, he was actually was like, you know what? If yeah. we're going to do this, then I don't care what I did in the first film. Which is we actually just, pretty ballsy. Right. We just need how... to make a better movie or better version of the first film. And he set out and did that. And it's, considering it's... how successful this was, just sort of given the tone that it was setting, like, it, that's pretty ballsy to go yeah. and just, like, make a spoof, like a parody yeah. of it to make a sequel. I Which, personally wish more franchises were that kind of... I mean, we live in the MCU universe right now where, like, it has to be threaded through or whatever, but if more directors kind of took this, like, free-for-all, like, you know what, the second film, I don't like that I did this, so therefore I'm going to make another continuity version. And I'm not saying I want that for every property or anything like that, but if it won't work, and therefore the only way to make a sequel, you know be good is to basically throw out certain ideas like why wouldn't you do that i know you would you know you know i know you love that what's that because of the magic mic yeah yes. it's exactly <laughs> like that evil yes. dead 2 is the magic mic xxl of the evil dead franchise you heard it here folks you heard it here first folks. no but actually yeah. that because i was trying to think of franchises that had done that and that was it the is the first magic mic xxl it is the mama mia here we go again <laughs> oh god <laughs> i'm only half joking <laughs> You saw that, right? I did. Yeah, and it was actually fun, and I hate the first movie. What's so. the name of the triple X sequel? Oh, it is that, too. It is uh, tr- uh, Return of Xander Cage. It's yeah. not. Uh, technically, there's another triple X film in yeah, well, there Ice Cube. with Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah that's State awesome. of the Union. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> even though Ice Cube does show up, and he randomly. What is it? Uh, what's his name? Vin Diesel randomly says something like, I always knew you were a brother. 
or something. Like it makes no sense. I it's think he great. was just still in uh, Fast and Furious mode. No, he definitely is throughout that whole movie. Yeah, like he's that whole movie Family. is watching. No, is it, that whole movie is watching a grown man try not to say we're family. Like that is every line is him. Well, nope. That whole first act of that film is designed around him trying to get his coat back, which is yeah. amazing. The things I do for my country. Yeah, he's he's got to get his big fucking fur coat back. And then the uh, and he brings Brazilian kids cable. <laughs> no, that's a genuine thing. Okay. Oh boy. That's yeah. a great movie. That's an opinion. So, if you out there have any thoughts on the original Evil Dead or uh, the rest of that universe, always feel free to send them on to us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. Coming up next week, uh, myself, Nick, and maybe Tucson, and our friend Anna will be talking about uh, the new anti-hero superhero film... Venom, which has already got horrible reviews, which is not that surprising. The CGI looks terrible. So we'll be talking about that on episode 170 coming up next week. Thank you very much to Kenny Marcellus for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, anytime. Kenny, the OG. OG. Thanks for coming. Yeah. I can't believe it's been 169 episodes. That's right. Nice. Yeah. How many uh, was I on, like, originally in the original run? 25 or 30? It's been busy. Yeah, we have actually. Yeah, I mean, we unfortunately only like sixty of them are on the internet because somebody doesn't edit them. But that's okay. <laughs> Fuck. No, but literally there are like it. It sneaks up on me because yeah. I'm like, oh, I just did like four of them, and I'm like, oh, I've still got seven in the queue. This is yeah. great. It's People okay. are listening, going, what? The, where are all these episodes? We don't have any listeners, <laughs> so that's fine. They age like wine. Our listeners? No, I mean our episodes. <laughs> They age like wine. Oh, okay. They take a little. They take a little time to to edit and to stew, and then sure. put them in the barrel. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I take much less time to edit our episodes than I did when Kenny was on our yeah, show. So that's okay. Yeah. I also have a full time job. Now, yeah, so no, yeah. That takes True. away. Yeah, yeah. The first year we did this, we were all in the state of like, I didn't have a full time job. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't uh, Tucson. You were still floating around. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we were all whatever. And yeah. So it was like. It was a good way to start it, because otherwise sure. I don't think it ever would have gotten off the ground. Mm-hmm. No, it still hasn't, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, This is for us and for the listeners. That is true. And you know what? I'll say this. We have a, a small amount of listeners, but we do have a dedicated listening base, for yeah, sure. We do. Yeah. Thank gotta, you so much. Yeah. Yes. So. so, again, thank you, Kenny, for joining us, and uh, we'll hope to see you in a couple episodes talking about some other Halloween-type things. I'll be here. Alrighty. Also, as always, thank you to Tucson Egan, Nick Cheney, and from myself, Alex Diekman, and uh, these three guys, thank you very much for catching up with us here on Film Tank. We'll be joining you next time.